Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Our teaching today comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 16. This is a continuation of our study on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Let's listen to how to respond to persecution by pressing on in our faith. Now, you know, we're looking at some ideas on how to respond in a time of crisis. And today's passage in particular talks about responding to persecution. And while it's very clear, I'm going to make this point several times. I'm going to make this point multiple times. While it's very clear this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic is not a persecution because of our faith, we can see that if we're commanded by the Lord to press on when we are persecuted for our faith and to press on in our faith, he's saying, keep going in the thing that's causing you trouble. While this virus is not about being persecuted for our faith, I think the metaphor is very helpful for us. When we are under pressure, stress, when the trouble is on, I think the key thing for us to do is to press on in our faith. Now, you remember from our last time together that we're dealing with a new operative way to look at what it means to be blessed. We're blessed, the Bible says, when we are poor in spirit. That's what it tells us in Matthew chapter number five and verse number three. We're blessed when we know we have desperate need for God. And then we're blessed right now when we are persecuted for righteousness sake. Now, again, just a reminder from our last time together, that is a that is a different sort of frame of mind for thinking about being blessed. We usually think about blessed is is when we're getting everything we our minds think we uh, uh, need and 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 our and our hearts are getting everything we we believe we want, you know, and. And uh, when everything is at ease, when everything is going our way, that's the way the American mind thinks of blessed. But the scripture says you're, you're blessed when you know you need God and you are blessed when you're holding on to God so much and seeking to obey God so fervently that it costs you in this world. So let's back up and include in today's passage a couple of verses, three verses from last week's reading as well. Let's look at Matthew chapter number five, beginning at verse 10 through verse 16. The Bible says, blessed are you when others, uh, excuse me, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Excuse me. 
I was looking in um, a set of commentaries I love a lot, uh, a lot called the Reform Expository Commentary, and I loved, I loved some thoughts there by Daniel uh, Doriani. Dor- Doriani says that there's four possible results when the followers of Jesus interact with people and cultures who reject Jesus. Um, this is, and if you ever buy this set of commentaries, or if you want to borrow mine and take a look at it, you'll see I, I took uh, just a little bit of liberty with with his list and and uh, and added a um, my own flavor to it. Basically, he says there's four things: we may suffer persecution, we may be salt, we may be light, and we um, may lead people to praise God. Here's where I added a little more flavor to it. So, we, you know, we may suffer persecution. It was common for Jesus to suffer persecution. And the early church definitely suffered persecution for the faith. And we know that there are people uh, around the world who are suffering for the faith right now. We know, for example, that Boko Haram um, in uh, Central Africa has has been um uh, in, invading churches and and taking away believers, we, we know. We we just watch the news, read the news. Well, actually, watching the news don't do you much good anymore. Uh, j- just Google headlines: uh, the persecuted church. You'll you'll find the news. It's happening. It's happening. Um, typically, typically, we don't experience violent persecution just for being Christians here in America. Now it's happened. We know the gentleman who walked into the South Carolina church and, and he, and he did that awful, awful shooting. We know that there has been racial persecution. It used to be prevalent in many parts of the South and that racial persecution often was targeting, um, African American houses of worship. Um, we, we know that. So, I think Dorian is right when he says we may suffer persecution. It's common across history for believers to experience persecution. He says we may be salt. Now, I, I, I love, it's a nuance here. There's a definite nuance. Jesus says you are salt, and, and Doriani in his commentary says you may be salt. You know, what Jesus is saying is, when you are born from above, when you get a new life from me, when I am in you, when I am abiding in you and you're abiding in me, you are a new creation. You are salt. And um, Doriani's contention, which I think is exciting as a theologian, is, you know, like Jesus says you're salt. And Doriani saying you may get an opportunity to be salt. All right. That's kind of, that's kind of the A side of it is, and the B side of it is you may be salt. You know, in other words, we Christians may get the opportunity to be salt. You Christian may get an opportunity to be salt and you may get an opportunity for your saltiness to be tested. And so I, I think, I think when he says we may be salt, when I first were reading, I was like, Hey, buddy, wait a minute. What's this? You may be salt business. I am salt. And it's, it's like you, you, you can just hear the Holy Spirit going like, are you, <laughs> are you being salt? Are you preserving moral, um, righteousness and holiness? Are you acting as an agent of preservation? Are you flavoring your culture? Like, yeah, you know, I am salt, but am I salt? Right. I love that it makes you think when he says we may be salt. 
But this can happen, too, on a much larger scale. There are opportunities for the church to stand up and be heard. Uh, I'll tell you one that I think we need to stand up and be heard on. It's we need to be sta- we need to stand up and be heard on the issue of protecting the unborn. It's 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 sad. It's sad in a in a time right now where where we are taking extreme measures because we think life is important. We want to keep people well, keep people safe. We are what they're called in social distancing. You know, we're not physically interacting because we want to keep people well. We want to stop the spread of something. We're saying we value life, but generally here in America, our laws and our culture do not value life because if we really valued life, we'd value the unborn. We'd value the, those in poverty. And I think that's something else we need to stand up. Um, it is crazy in America when some people can make so much and some people are making so little. And I know somebody's going, well, they ought to do such and such and so and so. They ought to get off their behind. They ought to get their education. Right? I'm saying I think we ought to stand up and do something and create things to help people. You know who used to lead the way in creating hospitals and orphanages? It was believers because we believed that we believed that life was sacred. You know who used to lead the way in creating uh, uh, educational opportunities, you know, opening schools, vocational schools, higher education schools, lower. It was Christians. We wanted people to be in the word and to have skills to be productive in life. And so we may have opportunity to be salt. I think we do have opportunity to be salt. And it's sort of this this question to our hearts is like, are you being salt? Are you taking the opportunity to be salt even during this crisis? Christ says, you're salt, but are you? I mean, are we being the kind of people who are flavoring? Are we bringing that Jesus flavor into things? Are we just bringing our self flavor? More on that in a little while. Doriani also asserts that we may be light. Um, We have an opportunity to shine. Again, I want to just talk about this over and over and over again. This pandemic crisis is not persecution because of our faith. But I think it is a crisis that can allow our faith um, to to speak into the difficult moments. And, and, and that's inside of us and outside of us through us. So we 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 may be light for a darkened world. We have the opportunity. We may illumine individuals. As a matter of fact, probably how how believers are handling this will be talked about for a long time to come. I'll tell you what's been difficult for me is I want to go places and do things to help people. And I'm being told the safest thing for you to do is to stay back. So while my impulse is, is to put my hands on things to go places. Um, I even called a couple of hospitals and asked them, could I work triage? And like, no way, buddy. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I get. And so my doing, my doing is, is standing back in some cases here. And I have, I have the opportunity then with my attitude, not to act like a big baby. You know, not to, you know, put the, the hospitals that told me no on blast. I mean, that's what people think about doing. I went over there, I offered to help those people and they wouldn't let me help. Yeah, that's the way we behave sometimes. And what we do is in our, in our desire to be salt and light, we become unflavorable and kind of dark. And so again, while this is not about um, being persecuted for our faith, this pandemic, it is the opportunity to press on when things are difficult. So this passage lands on us in a very neat way. And what he eventually says here in, in these four ideas, what Doriani said, 
uh, before I move on from him is, uh, you know, when we, when we live well and respond well, when we trust God well through these, through these times, we, we cause people to praise God. And I like that. We cause people to give God glory. And so with that as a rather long introduction, um, um, Let's jump right in. Let's look at these things and this passage in light of living in the midst of crisis, because that's what we're doing. We're living in the midst of crisis. Let's 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 remember something. Like, don't forget is what I'm saying. Here. I, if you could, if you could, I, I wish I could just flash huge exclamation points in front of you. Don't forget if Jesus is instructing his followers to press on in their following. Even if they are being persecuted for their following him, I think the same would apply to us um, in this day and in this crisis. If Jesus is saying, you press on in following me exactly when you've gotten in trouble for following me, I want you to keep following me. Okay, so if the coronavirus is testing your faith, if it's the thing that is testing your walk with Jesus, then because it's testing your walk with Jesus, walk with Jesus. You know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Right? Amen. All right. So let's look at a few things very quickly because our time, I can see, is waxing away. We, we, um, we may suffer persecution. It's not, it's not, this virus is not it, but we might, we may have an opportunity to be salt. We do have an opportunity to be salt. We may have the opportunity to be light. We do have the opportunity to be light and we may cause people to praise God. Will we cause people to praise God? Hmm. Let's look at some of the ideas about persecution and what we can learn from them as we look at these ideas. Um, first things first, first things first. Uh, Jesus gives a point of reference in the scriptures for um, for persecution. He says, for example, in um, in Matthew chapter ten, verse twenty four, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciples to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? Or right, he's saying, like, if people, if people. Um, came against him, doesn't it stand a reason that they're going to come against his followers? Okay. Um, John 15 verses eight through 20, Jesus says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than the master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Listen to this. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. In other words, those that was, those that were with me will be with those who were with me. Now, why do I point this out? Again, we're this, I, I just want to beat it home. I want to say it again and again. This virus is not persecution for our faith, but I believe this passage from the sermon on the mount can inform our hearts about how to think. So here's the correlation I want to make today. If Jesus went through tough times when he had an earthly ministry bound in a human body, why should we think that we're going to escape from all tough times? Hello, that right there just made too much sense. 
If Jesus, I mean, think about, think about his mission in particular. Uh, the father struck the shepherd. The son willingly gave his life. He, he, he didn't love it. You know, go to the garden of Gethsemane, look at that passage. Jesus did not love taking the cup of God's wrath. He did not love enduring the mocking and beating of men, but that's how he was treated. If they treat the, the, the son, um, this way, if they treat God the son this way, then what in the world, what makes us think for one moment that we're not going to go through tough times on this earth? Okay, it's what I'm saying is even though this virus is not about persecution, Jesus' teaching on persecution tells us a lot about how to emotionally, mentally, intellectually deal with this crisis. Believer, I love you. I love you in the Lord Jesus. But whoever said everything was supposed to always be easy, whoever said that was telling a um, what's, that? what's the word? Lie. We're going to pause the teaching there for right now. Thanks for listening. We look forward to studying God's Word together more next week. Howdy, friends. Tim Bowes here. Cannot tell you what a joy it is to be undertaking this project with so many of my friends. We long to upgrade our equipment and expand our sessions, but let's be frank, to do that, we need support. Recently, we've got a few new donations, and I'm not ashamed to admit we finally got our first regular monthly supporter. I wanted to mark that here on this episode and just thank you guys for praying. Look forward to gaining other new monthly supporters as we extend this ministry of the word. Thank you all. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Music